going on everybody welcome back to another episode of fantasy dreams the show where we make your fantasy dreams a reality it's the corniest tagline in all of podcasting we're already here so fuck it and uh yeah my name is kyler copeland and today we will be doing a preview of the nfc south which in case you didn't already know is pretty much just the tampa bay buccaneers and the ragtag gang kind of a weak division if i'm being honest but some interesting fantasy prospects to go over. So, uh, yeah, with that out the way, I guess we can go ahead and kick this thing off with the New Orleans Saints, who are obviously going to be a new-look team this year with the absence of Drew Brees. Drew Brees no longer quarterback of the team. Instead, we have either Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill coming in at quarterback. Jameis Winston currently being drafted as the QB 30, while Taysom Hill is QB 31 right behind him. And this is going to be very interesting and very telling on the rest of the Saints prospects. If Jameis Winston is starting at quarterback, which I believe he will be for most of the season, and that's huge for the wide receivers on the Saints. If it's Taysom Hill, not so much. The fantasy receivers, if Taysom Hill is at quarterback, probably won't go very well. So Winston is the guy you're going to be looking for as a guy to start, at least if you're looking at the receivers. As far as Winston himself, he's probably being drafted about where he's going to finish, if not a little bit higher, but I'd say more so a low-end QB2 or just a streaming guy. If Taysom Hill is starting at quarterback, you can play him, again, as a streaming-type quarterback, purely based off of running. He gives you a little bit of floor just based on the fact that he can run and you know it's PPR, so he could actually catch some passes and things like that. So now let's go to Alvin Kamara, who's really the star of the show for fantasy, currently being drafted as the running back four in PPR leagues and is coming off of the RB1 finish in all of fantasy last season. Now, but with Drew Brees out of the lineup, I don't see any chance that Alvin Kamara finishes as the RB1 again, and that's why his ADP has dropped to RB4 because with Drew Brees out of the lineup, and like we said earlier with Winston or Taysom Hill being a quarterback, these guys have a history of not throwing to the running back when they're in the game. And that's a huge chunk of Kamara's value out because Kamara averages around, you know, 12 to 15 carries. He's not a 20, 25 carry guy. So Alvin Kamara not having Drew Brees is really going to hurt his fantasy stock. And there are some guys even behind him that I would take over Alvin Kamara, to be honest. So I think even RB4 is a little bit of a reach. I think the risk is higher than the reward for Kamara this season, and he's honestly a guy that I'm going to be avoiding if I have that RB4 pick. But Latavius Murray, on the other hand, I think is the biggest beneficiary of this change, currently being drafted as the RB44, was running back 34, and I think he could finish even higher this season with this running back split. I mean, Latavius Murray to me is a steal, and if Kamara goes out, Latavius Murray is an instant low-end RB2, 
or low end RB one rather, high end RB two on a week to week basis if Kamara goes down. So Latavius Murray is an absolute value pick, especially if you choose to go zero RB. I'm not going to do that personally, but if you are someone who chooses to go zero running back strategy, Latavius Murray is a great pick. Now to Michael Thomas, currently being drafted as the wide receiver nine. Now, he'd finished very low in fantasy last year, but I averaged this out. He played seven games last year, and in the seven games, only averaged 12 PPR points. And now he has Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill at quarterback, which is a downgrade for Michael Thomas just based on fit. I don't think Michael Thomas finishes at wide receiver nine. I think even this is a little high. I mean, he's being drafted over guys like Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen. And I think I would take all three of those guys over Michael Thomas. So Thomas, to me, is another guy I would avoid. If you are going to get a pass catcher late, I'd say Traquan Smith could be a decent value pick, currently being drafted a wide receiver 78. He was the wide receiver 73 last year, and now they don't have Jared Cook, and they don't have Emmanuel Sanders. So he's a guy that could take a step up this season, and he's more of a fit for Winston's deep ball passing. If Taysom Hill's there, don't take him at all. But if Winston is a starter, he's a guy that you can put in the flex in case of an injury, you know. Not a terrible value pick. Adam Troutman is now the starter at tight end with the departure of Jared Cook. He's another streaming guy currently being drafted at tight end 21, which I'd say is around the range where I'd expect him to finish. I don't see much breakout potential, but there's a small chance that he could turn into you know a top 12 or 15 tight end just really due to how weak the tight end position is, right? So let's go to the Carolina Panthers who are actually, I think, on the uptick as far as their prospects for this season. I love what the Panthers did in the offseason. The big X factor, though, for both their real-life success and the fantasy football success is going to be how Sam Darnold plays. Sam Darnold coming over from the Jets. And, you know, we've seen what happens to Adam Gase players, but this is the biggest test on if Darnold can succeed now that he's away from Adam Gase, now that he's with Matt Rule, and more importantly, Joe Brady as offensive coordinator. He's currently being drafted at quarterback 29, was the QB 30, and there is a little bit of upside here for fantasy with Darnold, purely based on the amount of weapons he has. He's in a much, much better situation than he was last season. Am I going to go out and draft him as my QB 1? No. He's a a, a middle to low end QB 2 with upside, I would say. Not a ton of upside, but some upside, right? Christian McCaffrey is currently being drafted as the number one overall pick, RB1. And that's completely fair. He only played three games. It was a tough season for injuries last year. Very disappointing for Christian McCaffrey owners last year. But in the three games, he averaged 30.1 PPR points. This is a no-brainer for me that Christian McCaffrey, if you have the number one overall pick, you take him. Pretty easy. Nothing much more needs to be said on him. Now, his backup, if McCaffrey does, go down because Mike Davis is no longer here and we'll get to him in a minute well now their running back is Chuba Hubbard who they drafted here currently being drafted as the RB 54 I like this pick a lot especially if you are the person who gets Christian McCaffrey get Chuba Hubbard as a handcuff I like to pick a lot especially in that range you're looking for guys upside just to fill out your bench Chuba Hubbard's a great upside pick for me now a huge question here is these wide receivers who will finish higher, DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson? 
it was very close last year. DJ Moore was wide receiver 23. Robbie Anderson was wide receiver 19. But their ADPs don't really reflect that since DJ Moore is currently being drafted at 22 or Robbie Anderson is the 34th drafted wide receiver. That honestly doesn't make too much sense to me because the situation seems to have upgraded for Robbie Anderson since he has that connection previously on the Jets with Sam Darnold. I'd say if you had to choose one that would finish higher, I like Robbie Anderson's prospects a little more than DJ Moore. He's got more upside for the deep play ball. DJ Moore is probably a safer pick, but Robbie Anderson has way more upside, in my opinion, than DJ Moore just due to the moves that they made in the offseason. So in that DJ Moore versus Robbie Anderson battle, I like Robbie Anderson to finish a little bit higher. And then Dan Arnold at tight end. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, two seasons ago, people were saying could break out in fantasy. Hasn't happened. It's a new situation here, but currently being drafted as a tight end 40, I don't think he's going to be on anyone's radar. Probably goes undrafted, but, you know, could end up being a guy that you stream once or twice throughout the season if there's injuries or if, you know, it's a it's a matchup-based type streaming guy, but nothing more than that. So now we can go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are just loaded here as far as the offense goes. For fantasy, though, not as much, in my opinion. Tom Brady, currently being drafted as the quarterback nine in fantasy, was the QB seven. He's got weapons on weapons on weapons. No running upside, obviously. I'm a Patriots fan. I know very well what Tom Brady does. Although he did juke out Bryant Erlacher that one time, he's not going to give you running upside for fantasy. So Brady at QB9 to me is fair. Even with the QB7 finish, I could see him finishing around QB7 again. I can't see him finishing higher, especially with a lot of these young and upcoming quarterbacks in the league. But Brady at QB9 I think is pretty fair. Which is purely based on the weapons he has. He does tend to start off slow, so just be prepared for that. But not a bad pick at all. Won't be mad if you take Tom Brady. Now, the big question here is the running back situation. Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones in a committee. Ronald Jones currently being drafted RB30. Leonard Fournette RB27. Well, last year they finished with Fournette being the RB35 and Ronald Jones being the RB20. But the playoffs was very telling. Playoff Lenny, as they called him, because Leonard Fournette really broke out in the playoffs, really emerged as their starting running back. And I think I prefer Fournette slightly. And since they're being drafted similar in terms of you know where they're being picked, I like Fournette more than Ronald Jones. But I don't love either, just based on the fact that they're going to be vulturing touches from each other. They're going to take some touchdowns. The receiving work, I think, is going to be interesting. I'd give the leg up to Fournette because he's a better pass protector. We've seen Ronald Jones struggle with that, and we've seen Bruce Arians get frustrated with that. So just based on that alone, I like Fournette a little bit more, but I don't expect either of them to be huge breakouts unless one of them goes down. If one of them goes down due to injury or something like that, then the other one would be a pretty locked-in RB2 or a low-end RB1 on a week-to-week basis. But as of right now, I think their value is pretty appropriate for net maybe a couple spots higher in ADP. Um, now, as far as the wide receivers go, you've got Mike Evans, you got Chris Godwin, and you got Antonio Brown. Mike Evans was the wide receiver 14, Chris Godwin wide receiver 17, and Antonio Brown wide receiver 49. Mike Evans was the only one who played every single game. He finished as the wide receiver 11. 
So when you look at the fact that Godwin only played 12 games and he finishes the wide receiver 17, that's really impressive to me. He averaged, you know, a pretty solid amount of points. He was way more consistent than Mike Evans has been. I mean, that's been a, a theme of Mike Evans' career, struggling with consistency. Anyone who's owned Mike Evans before in fantasy will tell you that. So the fact that he was able to finish at wide receiver 31, currently being drafted at wide receiver 17, that's very impressive. He's more of a fit with Tom Brady, in my opinion. So I actually like Godwin as a value pick more than Mike Evans, where he's being drafted. And then, you know, Antonio Brown played eight games last year, averaged 14.8 PPR points. That was boosted a lot by a Week 17 game against the Falcons, where he put up 37 fantasy points. So it is a little bit inflated. I don't love Antonio Brown just because it's tough to sustain three consistent pass catchers. I think Godwin is the guy that's going to break out this year. Mike Evans is obviously going to get his points, even if it is inconsistent. It's tough for AB to really be that reliable. And a wide receiver 49, there's some guys under him that I like a little bit more. We talked about Darnell Mooney last week. Mooney's being drafted a little bit under him. I like Mooney this season a little bit more than Antonio Brown. Um, Rob Gronkowski at tight end eight currently was the tight end 10 last season. I honestly don't love Gronk from a fantasy perspective. He was inconsistent. There was a lot of games where he was just being used as a blocker and they didn't even have OJ Howard last year. OJ Howard back in the lineup. They still have Cameron Bright, who isn't going to be, you know, a huge fantasy prospect, but he is going to be a guy that can vulture some touches and, you know, steal some touchdowns. So I don't love Gronk at tight end 10, or at tight end 8, rather, after finishing at tight end 10. I'm not sure why he's being drafted higher with, you know, his age and his injury history and all that. Um, But now, the very interesting team, and I'm excited to talk about two specific guys here on the Atlanta Falcons. But before we get to that, we got to get to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was the QB 12 last year, currently being drafted at quarterback 15. It's tough because the loss of Julio Jones is kind of baked into his average draft position here but even still I don't love Matt Ryan at QB 16 he just doesn't have any real upside I don't think in this offense I had Matt Ryan last year hated every second of it he was not good he doesn't even have Julio now I know Julio was hurt for a lot of games last year but he did still play for the Atlanta Falcons so I don't love Matt Ryan at quarterback 15 but someone I do love is Mike Davis who was the RB 12 last year as the backup on the Carolina Panthers to Christian McCaffrey, currently being drafted to RB26. He's the clear lead back here. If they're going to get scoring opportunities, which the Atlanta Falcons always find a way to have a solid offense, Mike Davis is an absolute steal. He's my number one value pick and running back in the entirety of the league this season. I love Mike Davis as a value pick, and I honestly expect his ADP to go up throughout the summer. And whenever he does, I'll update that. But in the meantime, at RB26, that's an absolute steal. And another guy I think is a steal is their backup running back, J.B. Hawkins, an undrafted free agent, currently being drafted at running back 69. Honestly, he's another really good pick, I think, especially with just how thin the running back position is. To get a guy that late that has some upside, and you know, especially if Mike Davis gets hurt, I mean, God forbid, because Mike Davis is going to be on every single one of my teams. I tweeted this out a couple of days ago that in my mock drafts, Mike Davis has been on every single one of them, whether I like it or not. He's on my team. 
So Mike Davis, I want him to stay healthy. But if he doesn't, Javion Hawkins is going to probably be the guy to step in. I don't believe in Quadri Allison or any of the other, uh, any of the other guys on the team to really step in and take that job besides Javion Hawkins. So I like him at RB69. Uh, Calvin Ridley coming back as the number one wide receiver was the wide receiver five currently is the wide receiver seven as far as average draft position I like the pick he always finds a way to score touchdowns he's got upside if we're being honest Calvin Ridley really does have upside to finish as the wide receiver one in fantasy so I like him a lot as the wide receiver seven in fantasy I like him actually to finish a little bit higher than that but now we get to my favorite part of this whole episode. I've been waiting to talk about this for two weeks now. Russell fucking Gage. Russell Gage was the wide receiver 37 last year with Julio Jones on the team and with Julio Jones playing games. He's currently being drafted a wide receiver 61. Wide receiver 61 Russell Gage. I'm taking it every single time. I don't care. What you have to say about it, I'm telling you right now, Russell Gage is the value pick of wide receiver of the season. Love Russell Gage so much at wide receiver 61. I mean, he was wide receiver 37 with Julio in the lineup. That's a high-end wide receiver four, and he's being taken at wide receiver 61 now. I'll take that every time at the end of my bench, and I'll start him every game just to prove you wrong. Russell Gage at wide receiver 61 is so fucking good, and I'm so excited to have him on every single one of my teams. It's going to be, oh man, I can't wait. Russell Gage is going to be my team mascot, my team logo, my team name. I don't care. He's going to be on every single one of my teams. <laughs> I had to get that out the way. I had to talk about Russell Gage as much as possible on this week's episode. People were probably coming in thinking this was the Kyle Pitts episode. You know, he's being drafted at tight end five. That's cool. I don't love rookie tight ends, but tight end five is fine, I guess. But don't take him over TJ Hawkinson. I swear to God, if you take Kyle Pitts over TJ Hawkinson, you're making a big mistake. We went over this in, I believe, the pilot episode about the NFC North. But Kyle Pitts, tight end five, whatever. Fine pick. Ton of upside, obviously. Doesn't hold a candle to Russell Gage. Um, And then, you know, Hayden Hurst at the back of tight end was tight end nine last year, currently being drafted tight end 27. If Pitts goes down, he can come in and be a guy to start. But in the meantime, not a guy that's going to be drafted. And uh, I guess what we can do is, um, you know, that's my previews. But since I'm recording this on Spotify Green Room, I can see if anyone wants to, you know, have some questions or anything. So we got my guy, Nico up on stage what's going on nico what is going on nico uh not much man i i'm liking your takes i'm with you on russell gage i think he's he's set to be a breakout this year especially at adp but i'm surprised that you're low on matt ryan considering how high you are on the remainder of the uh options in that yeah uh that's a that's a pretty good point i think the only reason really I'm low on Matt Ryan is a, he doesn't give you really the floor that a running quarterback does. You know, he, he's not going to run at all. So he's, you know, if he's not throwing, he's not giving you good points. And, you know, it's tough because I had Matt Ryan last year. He wasn't that consistent. 
And it's weird because at the end of the season, Matt Ryan's one of those guys where he'll throw for a lot of yards and he'll throw for a lot of touchdowns, but he's still not going to give you a good fantasy finish because he's so inconsistent. You know, he's going to have a lot of turnover games. He's going to have games where, you know, he doesn't throw for over 300 yards or whatever. But I think he does just enough to sustain Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. But I think my lowness on Matt Ryan, you know, it's it's not going to hurt my Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage opinions, but it does hurt my Kyle Pitts opinion. I think tight end five is a little bit high for him. Obviously, you've got upside. Yeah. I love Kyle Pitts as a prospect, but just for this season, I think the guy that uh, gets impacted the most is Kyle Pitts. Yeah, yeah, I, I can get on board with that. I, I think that's a solid point. I also wanted to bring up, uh, I think you might have forgot about Gio Bernard in the Tampa Bay backfield taking part <laughs> of that receiving role as well. And I, I think did, that's yeah. going to that's gonna maybe cost both those guys there in Fournette and uh, Jones, especially it kind of like limits the upside if like you were talking about one of the two dudes ends up getting hurt. That's a very good point. Yeah, Giovanni Bernard. I did forget that he is on this team. That's a good point. Thank you for reminding me about that. But yeah, that limits the receiving ups. Yeah, that limits the receiving upside even more for those guys. I don't think Gio Bernard is going to do too much fantasy. But he, you know, we saw it happen with Joe Mix in the last couple of seasons where he just comes in on third downs and just really hurts their value. Yeah, just for them not being on the field. Yeah, James White has done that with Tom Brady for <laughs> a long period of time. I think Gio Bernard is yeah, new James White. So I'll I'll let you finish oh, up right now. Yeah, man, appreciate you uh, coming up on stage. Uh, anyone listening, I'm recording this on Spotify Green Room. So if you have any questions, you can come in here. I record this every week. Next week will be what division in the NFC have I not done? Oh, NFC West. I will do the NFC West next week. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions, you can come into the Spotify Green Room and ask them live. Or you can hit me with a DM on Twitter. It's at question point KC. If you want to shoot me a DM with a fantasy question, I'll answer it on air. And uh, yeah, appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate Nico for coming up on stage and giving some insight. And I'll see everybody next week. 